I am Anansi, keeper of stories. Settle down while I stir the pot. Join me while I spin a tale. Welcome to Anansi Storytime. I'm your host, Brandon, and today we have a story about two brothers' misadventure with a magical handmill. This is a Norwegian fairy tale called Why the Sea is Salt by Peter Christian Aspiornsen and Jorgen Moe. This story is rated G. Our players are Brannon, Andrew Whitby, Christian Gunberg, Scott Smith, Anya Connolly, Morgan Hazelwood, and Matt Olaf Hinton. Please enjoy. Come, sit, listen. I once heard a story that started like this. Once upon a time, long, long ago, there were two brothers, the one rich and the one poor. When Christmas Eve came, the poor one went to his brother. I don't have a bite to eat in all of my house, either of meat or bread. In God's name, brother, give me something for Christmas Day. This is by no means the first time I've been forced to give something to you. But if you do what I ask you, you shall have a whole ham. Thank you, brother. I'll do whatever you ask. Well, here's the ham. Now you must go straight to Dead Men's Hall. Well, I will do what I have promised. And so he took the ham and set off. He walked on and on until long after the sun had set, and when he sat to rest, noticed there was a bright light. I have no doubt this is the place. An old man with a long white beard was standing in the yard, chopping yule logs. Good evening. Good evening to you. Where are you going at this late hour? I'm going to Dead Men's Hall, if only I am on the right track. Oh, Yes, you are right enough, for it is here. When you get inside, they will all want to buy your ham, for they don't get much meat to eat there. But you must not sell it unless you can get the handmill which stands behind the door. When you come out again, I will teach you how to use the handmill, which is useful for almost everything. Thank you. When he got in, everything happened just as the old man had said. All the people, great and small, came around him like ants on an anthill, and each tried to outbid the other for the ham. By rights, my old woman and I ought to have it for our Christmas dinner. But, since you have set your hearts upon it, I will give it up to you. However, if I am to sell it, I will have the handmill, which is standing there behind the door. At first, they would not hear of this, and haggled and bargained with the man, but he stuck to what he had said, and the people were forced to give him the handmill. When the man came out again into the yard, he asked the old woodcutter how he was to start and stop the handmill. When he had learned that, he thanked him and set off with all speed, and he did not get home until after the clock had struck twelve on Christmas Eve. Where in the world have you been? Here I have sat, waiting hour after hour, and have not even two sticks to lay across each other under the Christmas porridge pot. Oh, I could not have come before. I had something of importance to see about, and a long way to go, too. But now you shall just see. Grind candles. Grind them good and fast. He then bade it grind a tablecloth, and then meat and beer, and everything else that was good for a Christmas Eve supper, and the mill ground all that he ordered. Bless me. With that, one thing after another appeared. From where did you get this mill? Never mind where I got it. You can see that it is a good one, and the water that turns it will never freeze. I shall make enough food for 
all the Christmas tide. Grind meat and drink. Grind them good and fast. On the third day, he invited all his friends to come to a feast. I cannot believe what I see. All that you have at this banquet and in this house. On Christmas Eve, you were so poor that you came to me and begged, Give me a trifle, for God's sake. And now you have a feast, as if you were both a count and a king. For heaven's sake, tell me where you got your riches from. From behind the door. He did not choose at that time to satisfy his brother on that point. But later in the evening, when he had taken a drop too much, he could not refrain from telling him how he had come by the handmill. So there you see what has brought me all my wealth. He brought out the mill and made it grind first one thing and then another. When the brother saw that, he insisted on having the mill, and after a great deal of persuasion, he had to give $300 for it, and the poor brother was to keep it till the haymaking was over, for he thought, If I keep it as long as that, I can make it grind meat and drink that will last many a long year. During that time, you may imagine that the mill did not grow rusty. When hay harvest came, the rich brother got it. But his brother had taken good care not to teach him how to stop it. It was evening when the rich man got the mill home. Go out, my wife, and spread the hay after the mowers. I will attend to the house this day. So when dinner time drew near, he set the mill on the kitchen table. Grind herrings and milk pottage. Grind them good and fast. So the mill began to grind herrings and milk pottage, and first all the dishes and tubs were filled, and then it came out all over the kitchen floor. The man twisted and turned it and did all he could to make the mill stop, but howsoever he turned it and screwed it, the mill went on grinding. In a short time, the pottage rose so high that the man was like to be drowned. So he threw open the parlor door, but the mill ground the parlor full too. And it was with great difficulty and danger that the man could go through the stream of pottage and get hold of the door latch. When he got the door open, he did not stay long in the room. The herrings and pottage came after him, streaming out over both farm and field. Now his wife, who was out spreading the hay, began to think dinner was long in coming, and said to the women and the mowers, Though my husband does not call us home, we may as well go. It may be that he finds he is not good at making pottage, and I should do well to help him. So they began to straggle homeward. But when they had gotten a little way up the hill, they met the herrings and pottage and bread, all pouring forth and winding about one over the other, and the man himself in front of the flood. Would to heaven that each of you had a hundred stomachs. Take care that you are not drowned in the pottage. And he went by them as if mischief were at his heels, down to where his brother dwelt. For God's sake, my brother, take back this mill. For if it grind one hour more, the whole district will be destroyed by herrings and pottage. Not until you pay me three hundred dollars. Yes, yes, anything. So the poor brother had both the money and the mill again. It was not long before he had a farmhouse much finer than that in which his brother had lived. And then the mill ground so much money that he covered the house with plates of gold. Now the farmhouse lay close by the seashore, so it shone and glittered far out to sea. Everyone who sailed by there had to put in to visit the rich man in the gold farmhouse and to see the wonderful mill, for the report of it spread far and wide, until there was no one who had not heard tell of it. And so, a skipper came one day, who wished to see the mill. But can it make salt? Yes, it could make salt. Hmm, by all my might and main, if I were to have this mill, I would not have to sail far away over the perilous sea for freights of salt. I would have this mill. If you would part it to me, I will not part from this mill, for it is the source of my riches. 
I beg of you, I will pay you fairly. I see your need is great, but still, I will not be parted of it for less than six thousand dollars. Then we have a bargain. Here's your money. Now help me pack it so I may take it with me. When the skipper had got the mill in his pack, he did not stay there long, for he was so afraid that the man would change his mind, he had no time to ask how he was to stop it grinding, but got on board his ship as fast as he could. When he had gone a little way out to sea, he set the mill on the deck. Grind salt, and grind both quickly and well. So the mill began to grind salt, till it spouted out like water, and when the skipper had got the ship filled, he wanted to stop the mill. But whichsoever way he turned it, howsoever he tried, it went on grinding, and the heap of salt grew higher and higher, until at last the ship sank. There it lies at the bottom of the sea, and still it grinds on day by day. And that is why the sea is salt. I hope you enjoyed the tale. When you return, perhaps I will tell you another. The tale of why the sea is salt was reinterpreted by Scooter. For more information on Anansi Storytime, visit us at anansistorytime.com, follow us on Twitter at Anansi Storytime, and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Anansi Storytime. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>